Well, church, it's so good to see you today, everyone in person, those of you that are joining us online. Thank you for being with us today at our 11 o'clock worship experience. There's such a wonderful anointing here today, and I'm so happy to be worshiping with all of you. I really am. Those of you that are online, I just want to remind you today, if you need prayer, we have members of our team right there to pray for you, connect with you, and, and they'll let you know who they are, and they're ready to meet with you right now online. We want to be there for as many people as we can as a church. And today, just let me say this, we are going to be gathering around the Lord's table together. So the hosts are making their way up the aisles right now. If you came in and did not receive uh, the elements, the, the, the bread and the juice, please go ahead and take it, set it there next to you. Because in just a moment, we're going to gather around the Lord's table here and we're going to celebrate all that Jesus has accomplished for us. And it's going to be a very special time. And uh, those of you that are online, if you want to get bread and juice ready, wine and juice, uh, wine and bread ready, wine and cracker, grape juice and bread, I don't know, get it ready. Whatever you got, get it ready because we're going to gather and celebrate Jesus in just a moment. Let me say this, a couple of weeks ago we changed our worship experience times, 9 Sunday, 9, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and Cade Daily, what else? We launched the brand new experience called The Five, which the is five. 9, 11, and 5. Uh, this is an experience created specifically for youth and young adult. Everybody's welcome. That's right. Everybody is welcome, but we have designed it specifically with youth and young adult in mind. Well, I'm excited because tonight it's like the third one. Third one. This is week and, number three. And I get to be there. I'm going to be teaching tonight. I can't wait to be there tonight. So uh, don't miss The Five. Tell somebody about The Five. DM somebody, tell them about the five. Text somebody, tell them about the five. Invite somebody to the five. We have a great time. Nine, 11, and five. Also, let me say this quickly. Easter is coming up. Can you believe that a year ago, we had Easter in the parking lot? Think about that. Easter in the parking lot. Well, we're not gonna do that this year. And uh, we're prepping for Easter, but I need your help. Whether you are in person, or online, Loving Our City, Saturday is coming up. What day, Kate, is it? March 13th. Is That's that next, next Saturday. Next Saturday. So here's what I need. Watch. If this is your house, I need your help. I need 50 people. 50. We don't call them volunteers. You're a dream teamer. You make the dream a reality. You're on the team. I need 50 people. It can be 50 families. It doesn't matter. But I need 50 people to say, I'll help on Loving Our City Saturday. Half of us are going to go uh, and uh, do some invitations for Easter. And uh, we're going to have a good time getting into groups and doing that. I believe some door hangers and getting the word out about Easter. And then the other half of us, we're going to do some beautifying of our campus. We got some painting to do. We got some landscaping to do. We got some things. We want to get the house ready for Easter and I need at least 50. Half will go with one group, another half will help the other. If you, can, if you can help us next Saturday, what do they do? Right now, pull out your phone if this interests you. Uh, listen, we need your help. We can't make this happen without you. So take out your phone right now. Text LOC to 469-620-8130. Again, that's 469-620-8130. And they'll get all the information. All the information. Somebody right will connect with you and we'll get it done next week. Y'all ready for God's word? Somebody say yes. Just keep that phone out because the notes are on the Calvary app. Get your Bible and let's go.
continue our series that I've been loving called Be Rich. Check this out. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. today take one of your hands set it right here on your heart say it out loud with all you've got come on say eyes to see see. come on do better than that eyes to see see. ears to hear hear. a heart to receive a A mouth to confess all the good things things. Christ has already provided for me and just tell everybody everywhere say it's for you too come on it's for you too it really is all right, get your Bible, get your tablet, get your, get your iPhone. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Go there quickly. You got the notes on the app. 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're continuing our series called Be Rich. I didn't say get rich. I said be rich. It's about uh, really about learning to be who Jesus uh, has, has already made you to be. I declare this over you every week in Christ. Uh, You are already blessed. You believe it, say yes. In Christ, you are already prosperous. In Christ, you are already rich. And uh, quick review, last week uh, we asked the question, why is it that God desires for us to be rich? I want to say a big thank you to one of our board members, Ashley Terradez, who taught while Kim and I were at our North Carolina uh, campus, Calvary, there right outside of Wilmington, North Carolina. We got to preach there over the weekend, spend time with our leaders. It was such an incredible time. So exciting what's happening in that congregation. But uh, last week, thank you to Ashley Terrett as we talked about why is it that God desires us uh, to be rich? It's simple because he loves you. Hey y'all, you got a good father. And any good father wants to take care of his kids. You believe that? And, uh, and, and, and I'm an earthly father. He's so much better. I'm just an earthly father and I want my kids to prosper in every way. I want them to be led along a good road, every area of their life. And, uh, you know, this is really my prayer for you, church. There in 3 John, 3 John says this, Beloved, Calvary, I pray that you may prosper in all things, not some things, all things, and be in health just as your soul. I even want you to have a, a, a mind that prospers. I want you to have your sanity. And God's will is for you to, to increase, for you to prosper, for you to be blessed. And when I say this, it's, it's not about, you know, selfish gain. That's not what we're talking about. Fact of the matter is, we know as believers, we can, we, we can be blessed to be a blessing. We want to establish God's covenant in the earth. So, so God wants you to increase. He wants to increase us. He, 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 he wants us to have more than enough, not barely enough. He wants us to have an abundance for every good work. And, and the way he's going to do it, we said, he does it through very natural, uh, seemingly insignificant ways, ways that, that I think we can almost miss, unspectacular, yet they are very, very supernatural. And in those times, and we're in these crazy times, more than ever, I really believe we need to learn how to grab hold of these truths. I told you this month that I really want to establish you in faith 
uh, not fear, a lot of fear, but I want to establish you in the word of God. That's how faith comes. And I want you to begin to believe that your God is good, that he wants to increase you. He wants you to be rich. In fact, uh, our theme verse there in Corinthians that, that he's paid the price for it. Do we really believe that? That he's already done it by grace. It's, it, it's, it's provided for. And, uh, and, and so last week we talked about supernatural increase. If you've missed any of this, go back and check it out, please. There, there's no doubt about it. He wants you blessed. In fact, I would say this. He wants you so blessed. Sometimes I think it can be uh, dangerous. And uh, today I thought I'd teach on a few of the dangers of, of, of being rich. We've got we've to really change our perspective on some things. I've got uh, some good news I'm going to share with you, bad news, more good news, a whole lot of good news, just a little bad news, but a whole lot of good news, and, uh, and, 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 then, and then we're going to look at, at, uh, at, 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 at some questions, and, and then I'm going to give you some, some stuff to take home, really strong stuff. Um, but, but let's start with just a few, a few questions, all right, because I want to set this up. We're just going to have some fun. Okay, these aren't trick questions. I'm just going to ask you. Um, when you were a kid, um, did you dream about being rich when you grew up or, 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 you know, was your dream, you know, when I grow up, uh, I want to be poor. When I grow up, that's my plan. I really want to be poor or, or like me when you were a kid. I mean, did you watch stuff like, I mean, even it was something was in me, even as a kid, you know, like I used to watch a show called lifestyles of the rich and famous. Y'all remember that? And, and remember cribs and, and the fabulous life of, and, you know, I just imagined myself, you know, Oh, that'd be like, if I was rich. I, I, I want to know what is rich. I want to be rich, you know? And, 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 and how about this? Here's another question. Do you know any of those people? Do you know any rich people? If so, have you ever thought stuff like this? You know, I have, you know, well, if I was rich like, like that guy or that girl, you know, I would do a better job at being rich than they do. And, and you know, I, I wouldn't spend my money on stupid things like that. Um, and, and you know what? The fact of the matter is maybe your childhood dream came true and you're rich. But I want to ask you a question. Are you rich? Now, we've been talking about this. I want to bring clarity on it. Are you rich? We have an idea in our mind of what rich is, but are you rich. What's, what's interesting is that most of us said when we were kids, that's what we dreamt. We dreamt of, of being great. We, we, we dreamt of prospering. We, we dreamt of, 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 of increasing, being rich when we grew up. And, and, and many of us, that's what we are. And we don't even want to admit it. That's the fact of the matter. And I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. And uh, I get it. You know, if, if, uh, if, if, I know, I know some rich people, and, and, and if I asked them, you know, are you rich? They'd probably say, no, I'm, I'm not rich, because here's the deal. I know somebody who's, who's richer, and so they don't feel rich because they know other people who may have more than they do, and it's the same with, with you. It's the same with me. If, 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 you know, someone said, are you rich? Well, you'd probably say no. Why? Because there are always going to be richer people, but, but, but people who aren't as rich as you are, or, or I am, would, would look and say, no, you are rich. So here's the challenge I, I guess I want to give you quickly. We know there's such a thing as, right, we'd say, well, that's, that's not rich um, because we've all seen people who aren't rich. We've talked about that, poverty around the world. Um, and, and there's such a thing as rich because we've seen people who are rich. And, and, and the point is we just don't know where the rich line is. And I want to talk about this. Where is that line, that that rich line, that the fact is many of you have crossed that line and you don't even know you've crossed that line, but because you don't know where the line is, you know, you think, well, I'm going to wake up one day. If I woke up one day 
and you know, um, I inherited, uh, you know, a billion dollars or, you know, I'm just waiting, pastor, you know, someday I'm going to win the lottery, then I know I'll be rich. Well, the, the rich line is, is, is very blurry. And so in this series, what we're doing is we're, we're telling you uh, not, not how to get rich because plenty of people are trying to do that. Instead, what I want to show you is how to be rich the way that honors God. And when you recognize that you have stepped across the rich line, you'll look at scriptures <laughs> that talk to rich people. And here's what you begin to realize. Because see, here's the deal. When you read scripture and it says, uh, hey, command those who are rich, you say, well, he's not talking to me because I'm not rich. No, the fact of the matter is when you understand who you are, all of a sudden you realize he is talking to me and I better listen up. And what I'm realizing, church, is that we've got to listen up. So quickly, look at our theme text. The Apostle Paul, he's writing this letter to a young pastor. His name is Timothy, a young pastor. And here's what he says to them, uh, to him about his church. Don't miss this. First uh, Timothy 6, I want to start at verse 17. Look what he says to this young pastor. Hey, pastor, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything. And I love this right here. He provides us with everything. Why? Look at it. For our enjoyment. Yeah. Command them to do good, to be rich, be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold. And I love this of the life that is truly life. Stop. Notice that Paul tells Timothy to command rich people not to take hold of what I would call the imitation life. But to take hold, he says, of the life. He says, the life that is truly life. The life that God designed every one of you to have. It is a life that is free. It is a life that is full. It's called the blessed life. And so that raises the question, well, what is rich? What is rich? So I've got some good news for you today, church, and I've got some bad news. Now, we're going to focus on a whole lot of good news, but I'm going to give you some bad news. I've got good news, and I've got bad news. If you've got the app, I want you to write some things down. Let's start with the good news. Y'all ready? Everybody say yes. The good news is this. Write it down. You ready? Here it is. The good news is, watch, you're rich. And that's about what I thought. The crowd goes wild. You are rich. And I'm not talking to the person next to you. I'm talking to you. You are rich. And when I say that, I know that some of you are probably thinking, well, preacher, you don't know anything about my situation. Don't forget, we are in the middle of a, of a global pandemic that has caused some economic chaos and, and some uncertainty about the future. And a whole lot of things are being shaken right now, preacher. And you're telling me I'm rich. Well, you don't know. I've been going through a very difficult time financially. And can I just say this? By no means am I minimizing the challenges that some of you may be facing right now. A whole lot of people have been affected by what is going on in the world. Job loss. I get it. Pay cuts. Uh, cut in hours. Loss of investments. Uh, some say it's difficult right now to be an American, but I've got to say 
And hear me, church, I want to change your perspective today. You are, in fact, a whole lot better off than you think you are. And I would say, despite what is going on in the world right now, you better change your mind, believer. You are rich. Despite whatever financial uh, situation you may be dealing with right now, lift up your eyes. Get it in the realm of faith, in the realm of supply. Get it out of the realm of demand. And I want you to know you are rich. As a matter of fact, every one of you, lift up your hands. It may take you doing it by faith, but lift up your hands say it out loud say I am rich try it again say I am rich if you believe it say yes a few more questions you want to you want to know if you're rich let's talk about it did you eat yesterday looking around the room I think we all I didn't mean that bad please we all did one-third of the world is starving and another third of the world is underfed and most of us in America got the chance to eat at least once even during a pandemic and if you ate last you know at least once you are more fortunate than billions. If you were able to eat three meals and, 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 and maybe a snack, consider yourself very rich. Do you live in a war zone? No, I, I want us to really see this. Change your mind about some things because we're focused on everything that's wrong. Do you live in a war zone? You see, many people don't live in a country that, 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 that's at peace right now. And when we think of war, I know what we think of. When I say that you think of Iraq, you think of Afghanistan. But let me tell you, and some of you that, that this is an international church, and I talk to people that are here from all over the world, and when they talk about Chesnia and Colombia and Sudan and Somalia and India and Pakistan, countries affected by war, countries affected, we could go on and on uh, by, by terrorism. I'm talking about today. And although some of us in America live in communities that you would say, well, it's a very violent community, most of us did not worry last night about grenades and bombs going off while we were asleep. That is a blessing. You are rich. Do you have a bed to sleep in? According to Interpress Service, I found this interesting. There are more than 150 million homeless people worldwide. Millions more have a home to live in, but they sleep on dirt floor. Others share a bed with, with a whole lot of people. We do have Homeless people in America, I get that. And this year, it has increased in major cities, and, and, and it's probably worse. But the majority of people, this is all I'm saying, the majority of people in this country do have a place to sleep. And if you have a bed to sleep in by yourself or maybe with another person, you are more fortunate than many in the world. Here's what I'm trying to get you to see. You are blessed. Do you have access to clean drinking water? See, more than a billion people in the world don't even have clean drinking water. More than five million people die every year. I know we're talking about death. 
all over the world and numbers going up. Listen to me. Five million people die every year because their water is unsafe. And what's crazy is we're complaining about how bad it is. And in America, we can walk into almost any grocery store with about two quarters. You can fill a a bucket with a gallon of, of purified drinking water. The pandemic has not taken that away, and we are truly blessed. My point is this, you are rich, and Americans have so much uh, blessing that, that, that didn't disappear and hasn't disappeared. If our, if our house catches on fire, guess what? The fire department still shows up. If, if you catch some kind of illness, guess what? You can still get into an emergency room. We don't live in fear yet of someone killing us because we are the wrong religion, or you came to church. There are people around the world who would beg for the opportunity to worship together with other believers and we don't have to fear that you've got transportation some of you complain because you don't have a car well you can ride a bus you can take a lift you can take an uber are y'all getting this you still have transportation you got closets full of clothes if you could pick a couple of outfits you are blessed you have transportation you can take a vacation even if it's up the road many people around the world don't have these advantages. You are complaining while you are holding in your hand an expensive smartphone. You got a computer at home. Let me tell you something. You are blessed. Are y'all getting this? Yet what do we do? We sit around and complain about everything we don't have. What if we flipped it and start thanking God for everything we do have? I'm going to give you about 10 seconds, clap your hands and thank God you are rich. Got your hair did, got your nails did, look good, smell good. You are rich. She, you're rich. Say it out loud, I'm rich. I wish y'all start believing this and stop feeling guilty about it. If you put everything into perspective, this is all I'm trying to do, that you're blessed compared to billions of people that are struggling right now in our country and and the rest of the world. God has blessed you. He has increased you. He has prospered you. And and when are you going to get it? Everything in your, everything you've got is a gift from God. Well, no, you don't know me. I'm, 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 I'm. I'm so smart and I'm so gifted and, and, and I'm so good. I'm a self-made man. You, you don't know me. I'm a self-made woman. Who do you think you are? Everything you have came from God. Sitting here telling, I'm a self-made. Who gave you the breath to even open up your mouth and say that? Look at this. Ecclesiastes 5.19 says what? Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot in life and be happy in his work, this is a what? Gift from God. And I know some of you thinking, well, you know, Pastor Ben, I don't know why I came today because you're making me feel so guilty. (laughs) You're making me feel so guilty for being so blessed. I mean, you're just making me feel guilty, but, but, but preacher, I still don't feel rich. I'm going to say it again. You are rich. Just, just, just consider this. Um, 
I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to sound, you know, bougie. I don't want to sound cocky. But I'm rich. See that? Real close. That's two dollars. I'm rich. Uh. <laughs> Watch. Look how rich I am. Look how rich I am. Look at that. Isn't that crazy? Now watch this. It's no big deal that I just threw $2 on the ground. Nobody even moved. But watch, get this. 10% of the world's population alive today. Watch this. That 700 million people live on less than what I just threw on the ground. And you don't think you're rich? You, you, you don't think you're rich? I just threw it on the ground. You are rich. I, I did some research this past week. This is interesting. The median annual income in our county, Dallas County, the median annual household income in Dallas is, is household, household, is, is about $50,000 per year. Watch this. If your household earns $50,000 per year, you ready for this? You don't think you're rich? You are in the top 1% of wage earners in the world. And you're not rich. 1% wage earners in the world. Let me tell you something. We don't have a money problem. We have a stewardship problem. You're rich. You're rich. Think about that. You're rich. The worldwide medium uh, annual income is under $10,000. You don't need to feel guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty about being blessed. As a matter of fact, you know what? I think you ought to be grateful. I think, church, maybe you ought to shift your focus and start acknowledging the fact that it is God who has blessed you and everything you have is a gift from Him. Your health, a gift. Your family, a gift. Your job, a gift. Are y'all getting this? So, you're rich. Say it out loud. Say, I'm rich. I'm rich. Say it again. What's the good news? I'm rich. What's the good news? I'm rich. Watch, write it down. Here's the bad news. The bad news is, here it is, you're rich. The bad news is you're rich. In Mark 10, Jesus had an encounter with a rich guy. And he tried to get him to let go of his stuff. Because he loved his stuff. Watch this. He loved his stuff. Hello. Hello, y'all. Love our stuff, Jesus told him. You're going to have to let go of your stuff, and you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust. Watch. And the man said, I can't let go of my stuff because I love my stuff. Watch. I trust my stuff more than I trust you. Does that sound like us? And I was surprised to learn recently in an interesting statistic as I've been studying from the, I didn't even know this was the, was the thing, but it's called the, the Self-Storage Association, the SSA headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. For the past 40 years, we, we, you don't think we love our stuff? The self-storage industry has been one of the fastest growing sectors in the U.S. According to the SSA, at the end of 2020, one out of every 10 households, 10% in America, pays money, monthly fees, to store more stuff they can't fit. Where they live. 
Only 20 years ago, that percentage was one in 17 households. Listen to this. Over 60,000 self-storage buildings are now in existence with a total storage capacity of 2.5 billion square feet. The average occupancy of each facility is over 90%. How many of you would agree that's a lot of stuff? Another interesting statistic. Listen to this from the National Association of Home Builders. From 1950 to 2020, the size of the average American home has grown from 983 square feet to 2,456 square feet, even though the size of the average family has gone down. That means what? More room for what? More stuff. Okay, back to Jesus. I'm sorry. He says to the rich guy, look at this, and I love this. Mark 10, 21 through 25. Jesus looked at him, and I just love this, and loved him. I love that Mark, I love that Mark just put that there. He looked at him, this stingy little man, and he loved him, this little greedy little man, and he said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, give it away, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and, and, then, and then trust me, take up cross, follow me. That's, that's literally, he's heading to the cross. But he, but he was sad, and this word... It was given, he was sad at this word, and he, and he went away very sorrowful, for he had great possession. He had a whole lot of stuff. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, look at this, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Watch this, kingdom of God is not heaven someday. He's talking about the rule and reign of God today. Righteousness, peace, joy today. You, 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 you have an inheritance. The kingdom of God is yours right now. And the disciples were astonished by his word, but Jesus answered again and said this, children, how hard is it for those who trust their money, trust stuff to enter the kingdom of God? Now look what he says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enjoy his kingdom inheritance. And by the way, I'm pointing to Jesus because Jesus is the king of that kingdom. Every king has a domain, king's dumb. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. And there's so much teaching right here, but I'm not going to get into it today because we're going to gather around the Lord's table. But I want to ask this question. Uh, I, I could teach some stuff right here, but, but let, let, here's a real simple one. Do, do you know how big a camel is? Do, do you know how small the eye of a needle is? Jesus said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich, who hoards their stuff to enter the kingdom of God. Don't miss this. When Jesus is talking about rich people, this is what I want the church to realize. He's talking to you. And it's so hard for us to get it, to believe it, to see it, because we don't need God that much in our culture. We've got our stuff, and we want more, and there's a shaking going on all around us, and we're going to hoard our little stuff and trust our stuff. We're rich, and believe it or not, that can be one of the greatest spiritual disadvantages. Danger. That's why I said danger. There's a danger in being rich. First one, write it down. First one, look at it. It can hinder your dependence. Because the truth is, watch this. You watch people right now who call themselves believers losing their minds. Why? Because they trust the things in this world more than they trust God. 
Most of us, some of us, yes, I've talked to some of you. This is an international church. People come from all over the world. But most of us here have never had to pray. You've never really had to pray. Lord, give me today my daily bread. Why? Because you've got a kitchen and you've got food in the pantry and and you've never really known what it's like to trust God to provide for you today because you've got today and tomorrow figured out. And many of you have done such a good job that you'll make sure your kids never have to depend on God. And many of you have a retirement plan. You've got some of you health insurance and you've got insurance to cover the stuff that you've got in storage that you don't even use and you have all these things to trust in making it very, very difficult for you to trust God. Now more than ever before, with everything that's going on in our world, you have got to learn. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I do not know what's coming next. I, I'm not claiming to be some kind of prophet, but I'm telling you, I don't know what happens to the money, but you better learn to depend on God because he is the source of your blessings and he uses all kind of avenues to get blessings in your life. He'll use circumstances. He'll use opportunities. He'll use connections. He'll use jobs. He'll use bank accounts. He'll use possessions. He'll use your intelligence, your training, your skill, your physical resources. I even like one story in the Bible. God used birds to bring provision to a prophet and another story, he put money in a fish's mouth. I love that. Someday you ought to just say, my God, I just got to trust God. Ain't nothing else I can do. Might as well go fishing. Are y'all getting this? I'm going to trust God. You don't depend on the delivery system. You depend on the deliverer who provides your blessing. Let me say it like this you don't depend or trust in the gift watch you trust the giver of the gift are y'all getting this church and it's important we never lose our dependence on the one who provides it's not the stuff it's the one who provides here's another danger quick I want us to take community together here's another danger watch this it can heighten distraction now again today, church, you know I am a good news preacher. I, I, I'm not trying to beat anybody up. I, I want you to live free and full. I want you to enjoy your inheritance in the kingdom. But because you're rich, you have all sorts of opportunities. You do. You've got opportunities. Opportunities your parents didn't have. Opportunities your grandparents didn't have. Opportunities. Opportunities too often become distractions. Now, you, let me just give you some examples. Like, okay, so I've got opportunities. I'm, I'm going to invest in season tickets. And then I'm MIA, right? Uh, from church all football season and 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 or, or I'm gonna invest in you know all my recreational toys and 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 spend my my time away and you invest in extravagant activities for your for your kids and then those activities become what the precedence over whatever uh, raising up your children in the gospel uh, being in a gospel circle growing in grace uh, focusing on what's most important you wonder why you're losing everything it's slipping out of your pockets it's slipping through your hands and don't understand and because of all these things you got to work harder now to maintain them so I don't have time and then the cars and now I got the house so I got to take care of the air conditioner and then the house and the sprinkler system and the yard guy and so you're distracted by all the things you think you thought were going to make you happy and here's the thing about increased resources is that it gives you options and the more opportunities you have to do more things the more uh, a discernment church is going to be needed and you you God God gives you the ability to do it but to stay focused on what is 
is important. Being rich can heighten distraction if we don't stay focused on what is most important. And I have watched people, as a pastor, I have watched people in pursuit of more. Listen to me. I, I've, had, I've had men, women come, Pastor, let me tell you something, I've grown more in grace. And I'm, there's no condemnation here, just hear me. I have grown in grace, I have grown in grace, but I'm telling you, I just feel like I gotta go because you know, I, we're gonna move away because there's a job, there's a better job, and, and, and I, got, I can make more money, I can make more money, I can go. And, and not, not really what's God's heart and where do you want, what do you want? And in the process of pursuing more, watch this, they gave up their marriage, they gave up their children, don't you miss this, and they gave up their sanity. Lost their mind. And you know what they called it? I gotta take this because this is, this is God, this is a big blessing from God. And don't know the heart of God. And then, and then they're rich. Watch this. They're rich, but watch. Their life is full of sorrow. Why do you think Proverbs 10, 22 says, watch this. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Don't miss this. And when he makes you rich, he adds no sorrow with it. Wow. Wow. Okay, last one. Here we go. Are y'all getting anything? Oh, here's a danger. It can hijack direction. Whenever we began our Christian life, remember that? The Christ life, most of us, we were so focused on the goodness of God. It was like, oh my goodness, I got to share this with everybody. I got to share this healing that I've received with everybody. This is such good news. I got to just share it with everybody. And, and you just wanted to give it away. And then, and then as we have, have discussed in this series, we start believing, my God, I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And, and, and so what do we do? We got to be cautious not to allow the blessings of God to become the objects of our attention. Why do I say that? The reason that's a big deal, watch, you may want to write this down, is because, don't miss this, our affections determine our direction. Do you really think God made you rich so you could consume it all? Do you really think he made you, do you really think he blessed you so you can post on, on, on social media all day, too blessed to be stressed? <laughs> Look at me. Look at me. Look what I got. Look what I drive. Take a picture in front of your car. Look at me. You think that's why he blessed you? you? You think that's why he blessed you? That's not how to be rich, church. That's how to be selfish. Luke 12, 48, look what Jesus said. Much will be required from everyone to whom much has been given. If you're not living the Christ life, what I just said sounds like bad news. Why? Because there's far more expected of you. You are rich. Do you know what that means? There's far more expected of you. The reason why you don't think that way is because you don't believe you are rich. And people ask me all the time, they say stuff like that. Well, Pastor Ben, I can't believe you're doing this series. You know, why are you doing this series? Are you one of those prosperity preachers? And, and, and what do you think about the prosperity gospel? And here I am trying to bless you to change your mind about some things. That's it. Only religion screws this stuff up. It's like religion, religion will say it's better to be sick than heal. Religion will say it's better to be poor than rich. 
Religion will say it's better for you to be depressed and, and, and anxious than to be free and full and happy. Some of you feel guilty. It, I will ask you, how are you? And I had someone say to me the other day, Pastor, I almost feel guilty saying it. But I've never been better. I said, why do you feel guilty saying that? That's the blessed life. Why do you feel guilty saying, I'm, I'm, I feel good, I'm happy. You know what that's called? The gospel. I don't mean to mess with you, but that's the good news. That in the middle of a messed up world, watch, you can still smile. You can still smile. You can still have joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Even when people are falling at your right hand and your left hand, you just keep walking because you have a strength that comes from another world. Are y'all getting this? I'm talking about the world in you. It's the Christ life. And greater is he that is in you than anything going on in this world. You've got a righteousness that was gifted to you. You've got a peace that is gifted to you. You've got a joy that is gifted to you. And it's all found where? In the Holy Ghost. If i got any believers, clap your hands and give God praise. Somebody holler, hallelujah. hallelujah. Say it like a preacher. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now shout right now if you believe it. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Are y'all getting this? So, so, so are you into this prosperity gospel? Listen, there's no, what are you talking about? There's no prosperity gospel. There's only the gospel. The gospel of what? The good news of God's grace. And one of the benefits of the gospel is prosperity. That's one of the benefits. God says, I'm going to lead you along a good road in every area of your life. Not just enough, but more than enough. How many of you guys' name is El Shaddai? The God of more than enough. His name's not El Chipo. <laughs> El Shaddai. The one who always provides. That's the kind of dad he is. Not just provision, but prosperity. And I will say this, because I love you, but there is, and it, it, it is sad, there is an anti-prosperity teaching attitude in the church today. And here's what's crazy. Most of the people with that attitude want to prosper. I'm just a dad, and I'm happy when my children do well. I'm happy when they do well. I'm happy when they do better than I do. I'm just an earthly father. How much more your heavenly father? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet we look at God as saying, you don't care for me and you don't want to take care of me and I'm going to hoard all my little stuff and I'm going to make sure that I'm okay. Do you know what that is? That's worrying and Jesus said worrying like that is actually no better than the unbeliever because you don't believe that your father knows how to take care of you so you think I'll take matters into my own. Look, at that's called the do-it-yourself life. That's why some of you are so worn out. You don't trust God. Are y'all getting this? This is so important that you grab hold of it, that your prosperity has a purpose. I'm doing this series for you because we're learning how to trust God. I just felt like in this, in this time, we gotta, we gotta get out of fear and we gotta get into faith and faith comes by uh, uh, the word of God and we gotta learn how to be rich. God has blessed you more than you even need. You are rich and remember, we're shifting our paradigm from rich 
being about what we have to rich, being about who we are. And this is so important. Now, I'm going to close with this question right here. Everybody, everybody say this word out loud. Say excel. This is not a trick question. How many of you want to excel in 2021 in every area of your life? Let me see. Calvary, that should be every one of us. I want to excel in every area of my life, excelling in grace together by faith, appropriating what Jesus has blessed us with, not according to our possessions, watch this, but now according to our new, redeemed, righteous identity. Do you really want to excel in everything? Say yes. I want to close with one verse of scripture. This is it. 2 Corinthians 8, 7. Paul says, but since you excel in everything, church, he's writing to this church. Look what he says. Good job, church. I feel like I'm talking to you. Good job, Calvary. You're excelling in faith. Yeah, good job. In speech, in knowledge, in earnestness, in love, love we kindled in you through the gospel. But the pastor says this, see to it because I know what it means, what it's doing in your life to trust God. See to it that you also excel, watch, in this grace of giving. There's something on this that's tied to your trust. I don't trust my stuff. Would you all do me a favor real quick? Take your smartphone out and open up the Calvary app. If you don't have it, you got to get it. Open it up right now. I'm going to show you something because in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do something that God's laid on my heart. Just bring it out. A little bit more, a little bit more. Thank you. Y'all are incredible. Set it right there. Open up that Calvary app, App Store, one word, Calvary Church CC. On the bottom of the home, look at this, home, media, give. Look at that, be rich. Click that. That's the verse I just read to you. In Christ, I'm rich. Yes. In 2021, I will grow. I don't care if you're online right now. In person. Open it up on the app. Because I'm doing something. Very important. In 2021, I will grow in the grace of giving because I will trust God in this way. I will expect supernatural increase. And if that's you, and you're going to grow this year, and you say, what, what, what do you mean by grow in the grace of giving? Let me make it very practical for you. Some of you, you've never trusted God. So it's time to take a first step, first time. For others of you, it's time to move. Maybe it's called occasional. Some of us, when it comes to occasional giving, it's just inconsistent, but at least you're giving something. But it's time to grow in your trust. Some of you to regular giving, setting up regular giving. Some of us, we've moved to what's called the biblical recommended tithe. My wife and I, when we came into the, to the gospel, got a revelation of the new covenant, we blew past that above and beyond because all of a sudden we had a revelation that we are rich. And, and it doesn't matter, I'm going to trust you. Well, what if you don't see it in your bank account? I don't trust my bank account. There's days I look and got more month than I do money. But do you know every time we've trusted God, He's always been faithful. And He's always given us more and more and more to do more. And some of you this year, you're to say, God, no matter what's going on around me, I'm jumping and trusting you. Some of you, I don't know. It's going above and beyond. But it's time for you to grow. And if you say yes this year, I'm committing. I want you to hit that commit. And I want you to put your name because listen to me. Here's what I'm doing. In two or three weeks, I am going to print out these names and you will see them laid out all over these steps right here.
And that day, I am going to take time corporately in our worship. We're going to lay our hands. And I am believing God that in 2021, I'm declaring your name, your family's name, your children, your family, your business, your uh, income, open doors and opportunities. I'm going to begin to uh, declare over these names of people who have committed that you are going to see God and supernatural increase in a way that you have not seen before. Why? Because you bought something? No, because you really trusted God. And I'm never going to ask you, I, I, I'm going I'm to make a confession here. I was convicted last year about the church. Not me, not my family, but about the, co the corporate church. And as a leader, I said, God, what do you want me to do? And God said, it may look like you can't do it in order to, especially during a pandemic. And, you, and you've got buildings and ministries and staff and all of this stuff and mortgage and all this stuff and people aren't in church and God, what do I do? What, what do I do? We're going down. And worry. I'm going I'm to have to. And then, then you start taking prayer. What am I going to do with my family? I guess we'll go somewhere else. I, I don't know. What are we you got to know you're gonna trust me okay what do I do not you but the house corporately Calvary I want you to give the first ten of everything that comes in corporately every week and do you know we have been doing that and I've been well, I don't and I've talked to pastors about it I said this is what we're doing and I've had pastors look at me and say are you serious there's no way I could trust God like that we'd sing this thing and I'm going, are you serious? We don't really trust God and we're the preachers. And God has been faithful. I sent a portion of the tithe a couple of weeks ago. About four or five thousand dollars I sent to family first. Just got it out of here, got it out of here. Give it, give it away, give it away, get it out, get it out, give it away, trust God, give it away blessed to be a blessing. God, you're going to take care of us. You're going to take care of us. And family first, if you don't know what that is, that's one of our partners, Orphan Care Ministry, serving across Texas to connect children in the foster care system to forever families and those who are actually aging out of the system. And I had no idea what we were giving into. Listen to this. Thank you, Calvary, for your, for your gift, your tithe, or a portion of your tithe. We work contacted by the CPS, the state CPS office during the winter storm a few weeks ago. 16 kids in the foster care system had been moved to an emergency shelter because of the storm. The shelter then lost power and the situation was worse. They found 16 kids alone in an abandoned building. Calvary, because of your support, within just a few hours, all the kids were placed in safe homes update we are now working in that area of your region to find forever families for 100 no no wait for 170 children now would you clap your hands and give god praise you don't think i don't want to live the blessed life you don't think I don't want to live the rich life? Let me tell you something. When we recognize how blessed we are and we respond in faith, we can do more than we ever thought possible.
reach more people, serve more people in a world that is hurting and desperate and broken and lost and depression. I heard from a city official in recent days who said this, Pastor, we haven't made any public announcements about it in our own city, but the number of young people who have committed suicide this year. And some of you wonder, why did Pastor Ben start that five o'clock for youth and young adults? Because you don't understand. I've had leaders call me and say, we have a desperate situation on our hand. We've got to figure out ways to open doors and opportunities to begin to take this good news. And let me tell you something. The gospel is free. Watch this. But taking it around the world costs. I want you to hit that commit. I want you to put your name. I'm going to begin to pray over you. I'm going to send you some some word that you can meditate on and renew your mind. But I'm telling you, I want us to grow in the grace of God. Oh, I forgot. I know I'm over. We'll take communion. I got this this week too. Another portion of our tithe last week went to, I'm talking about corporately, went to Dallas Metro that we've been supporting. Another 5,000. Are you ready for this? One of the kids that we've been supporting in Dallas, in the housing project, involved with us since two years old. Dad was in prison, mom, addict. When life got chaotic, we took him out, put him in Dallas Metro. You ready for this? Family was permanently kicked out of the housing authority system right here in Dallas. Lived in a hotel, took him out, got him, got him mentored, remained dedicated to the Lord, began to serve with him in Dallas Metro. Thank you, Calvary, for your support because he just graduated from Christ for the Nation and is now about ready to become a children's pastor. Is that all you got today? This is why we...